Welcome to the Mint City Soccer Show. I am your host, Matt Swift, with me every week, per usual, David Gosler. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm really looking fine. forward to this episode. I think it's going to be a really fun episode, I think. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it light this episode. And with us tonight is our producer extraordinaire, Corey Insko. Corey, how are you, sir? Doing all right. How about you? Pretty good now that you're on with us. So always <laughs> a treat to have you aboard with us. Uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to try to keep this episode light, but we do have to recap the game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the lineups, um, some tactics and subs. Uh, but we do have some very fun questions that we that we ask for. So can't wait to get to those. But David, let's get into the game. Let's talk about the starting 11. Yeah. Anything that stood out to you? Anything weird? Um, no, I don't, think, I don't think anything that was weird. Um, I, I think it was one of the one of the folks from Top Ben, so apologies for not knowing who the article was. But right before the game, they put an article out that was talking about Latanzio's midfield kind of lineup and the frequency and you know combinations that he's had throughout his tenure and one of the most common ones that he had was what we saw Saturday night which was Brant Bronico, Derek Jones and Carol Swiderski right so was not really surprised to see that I know Latanzio's getting I don't want to say desperate but Latanzio wants to get some points and wants to get uh some home wins right so why not go back to the thing that got you there right and we've been pretty open about some of the struggles that's been happening in the midfield this season and you know West Ashley Westwood still on the mend not currently being able to play so it's not a surprise to kind of see that um, I will say it was kind of surprising to see who was on the bench and who was not on the bench so would love to kind of get your perspective on that but uh, no nothing nothing too out of the ordinary I think we, we've seen you know Camille's kind of cemented him, himself as a starter now in the starting 11. Vargas has started frequently now as well. Enzo up top. It's nothing too out of the ordinary from that perspective. But what did you think, Swift? And then what did you think about the subs that uh, we had on the bench for the game? Yeah, I think if you look at the match against RSL, one of the complaints was we didn't really have enough bite in the midfield, didn't have a lot of defensive cover. So adding Jones into that mix, I think, really helped. One of the things that actually stuck out stuck out to me was that we started Mora on the left, hmm. and yeah. uh, we haven't seen him really. Well, he hasn't started since the very first game, and we've talked about over and over again this constant switching. So I I thought it was curious that he that he started. Uh, I I thought he played well, but I, I, again, it's uh, it's another instance where who's our left back? Who's our right back? Who's starting? Why? Why more of this game? Um, you're playing at home. More is more of a. I feel like a defensive-minded, you know, left back. Um, so I, I I thought that was that was interesting. Uh, again, I thought he played he played well. Uh, I, I hate that he got hurt. Um, as of as of this recording, I still haven't heard word on his injury. Hopefully, we'll get some good news. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I thought that was, um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think 
maybe, you know, I know Latanzi has been pretty vocal about the way that he weighs practice and the energy and the vibe of some of the players, right? And maybe Moore just had really strong practice this past week. And I mean, it is naturally his position, right? He's left-footed. He's a left back compared to us forcing Harrison Awful, who is a right-footed player at left back and then bringing Jalen Lindsay on the field. So maybe he saw something analytically that was a good matchup for him. Maybe they wanted to be a little bit more defensively sound because, you know, before this game, Columbia or Columbia, uh, Colorado had not really scored many goals. They had only scored three goals up to this point that season. Mm -hmm. One of which was by their goalie. So it's not like they were a powerhouse of scoring. So maybe he just liked the odds of being a little bit more defensively sound, a little bit more reserved in that back line. Yeah, maybe so. I, I We don't get to see practice. We've said that multiple times, but I, I, I don't know what could possibly be happening in practice where someone is just so unbelievable. Like, you know what? This week you get the start. You haven't started since game one. So I I, I find that a little odd. Uh, we'll talk about some more tactics and, and subs here in just a second. But um, what did you think of the of the first half, David? Um, I mean, statistically, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It it seemed pretty even match. It wasn't anything amazing. Both teams kind of had a few chances here and there. But it felt like I mean we had pretty good opportunity for for this game, right? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like Charlotte was able to kind of stay in it. I mean, if you're looking at expected goals, I mean, the first half Charlotte had you know point thirty five, Colorado had point forty four. Um, it didn't seem like there was going to be a high scoring affair, which I think kind of plays the Colorado's you know strength here. They they just kind of want to sit you out, and uh, I think they would have been perfectly okay with drawing on the road mm -hmm. so you know going into halftime with it being zero zero i think they felt pretty pretty good going into that space yeah i thought we played pretty well in the first half nothing nothing amazing but i i felt like we had especially in the first like 20 25 minutes i thought we we had a lot of momentum we were looking looking better uh i wanted to call out Derek jones um I, I thought he battled really well, especially in that first half. He was getting the ball in difficult spaces, and he was able to use his body and, and dribble out of those and actually get forward. Uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, Brant and Jones when they receive the ball. Sometimes it's, you know, they've got their back to the goal. Uh, they're not opening themselves up. And I thought really both of those improved a little in this game, but more specifically Jones. So I was really pleased with his performance, especially in the first half. Uh, so like you said, we go into halftime, 0-0. Zero, zero. But let's talk about the second half when everything happened, David. What are your thoughts on the second half um, and you know, Colorado scoring first? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, it definitely was a little deflating. I will say I was in the, I'm in the supporter section, so uh, when Colorado scored, it was on the complete opposite side of the field. So I didn't get to get a like, great super angle of what happened, right? But um, I'm like, you know, under my breath, I'm like, of course, of course, this is, they're going to score this way, right? Kind of like a breakdown in the back line, um, had you know transition play, and was able to go up. I mean, what 10, first 10 minutes of the second half, which you know 
we tend to get scored on in the first few minutes, either of the first half or second half, uh, pretty frequently this year, right? And I don't know if it's a mental lapse, mental game. They're just not in it. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I say to myself, it kind of, of course, is what's going to happen because, of course, Colorado hasn't scored hardly at all this season, and then they're going to score early in the second half. After after halftime, when we, we came out in the first, I think I would say four or five minutes, we were looking yeah. really good. And yeah. then against the run of play, I didn't think Colorado had really had a lot of opportunities or really looked dangerous at all going forward. And of course, though, they score. And it just it's one of those things where, of course, it happened. Of course, Colorado has been crap all game. And of course, they score. It's just... It's a, such a deflating deflating thing, and you could really tell in the supporter section, we're all really wanting something to cheer for. And again, just the energy gets just knocked out of you. But to this team's credit, and something I was very pleased with, is that we didn't shut down. We kept going, clawed back, and... We get a we get a goal kind of out of I was a little shocked actually I, I didn't think uh, uh, I didn't think this was going in but uh, very very pleased that it did and uh, I, I think it really got the crowd back into it really good shot um, but David what did what did you think at, at, at that moment did you did you think that we would get a second goal after the first one or what kind of what were your thoughts uh, being in the supporter section um so i you know i want to stay positive this game because i know like we were talking off here and there's some stuff that you and me disagree on so you know i'm going to be a little bit more positive later in the show but um for me when we score that goal i was like okay good we're gonna or at least draw just hold on let's get one point you know we came back just get one point just the way the season's gone i'll be happy with just a point right and i you know it's funny i watched the replay back and it was almost like I don't know. You, you ever get those moments and maybe it's just me because I'm not a very good soccer player. When you get into like Sunday rec league and you get the ball on the top of the box and you're like, Oh shit. Like, what do I need to do with it? I got the ball and I'm not, not supposed to do anything. I'm not supposed to be here with the ball. And it <laughs> felt like that's, to be here. <laughs> like that's, that's what it felt like between like Enzo and Carol. And like, they just kind of were like, I don't want to say like, you know, word vomit with the, with the ball. They just kind of like just mm-hmm. shuffling with it. Kind of got it underneath them. Didn't know. They, they luckily somehow got it to the left there to to uh, Vargas and Vargas was able to put a great shot on 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 target. Right. And really yeah. created a great chance and great shot. And then obviously got to have his his I guess it's his signature celebration. Now where he did a little backflip within the, on the field. Right. So um, it was it was a great feeling to see that. I did not expect to have a second goal happen mm. so quickly. Um, I, being in the supporter section that that point you know we're singing you know charlotte's on fire literally we're in the third time of doing that and all of a sudden we score again i was like holy shit like you know i'm like we actually scored again and i'm drenched in beer and everything like that but it was a it was a great that that two to three minute window was a great great feeling let me tell you when we scored the first goal i turned to my buddy steven who i sit with and i I said we're gonna win this uh, I, I really felt that we could we could get it. We everybody was in. You know, the it's exactly what the fans needed, and I, I felt like the players reacted well uh, yeah, after that yeah. first goal. And 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 you know, we're going to talk about some some negative stuff in here in a little bit, but let's talk about something super positive, and that's Vargas. How great has he been? Uh, 
I, I think a lot of times we we focus on what we don't have, what we're lacking. Is Capetti trash? Is Swiderski trash? Is Yozwiak trash? Like everybody's but, just trash. Yeah, you no, know, and there's always this big debate. But like, let's let's focus on on Vargas. Just how young he is and how great he's he he's been, especially this season. Um, and just watching his progression has been fantastic. He has that amazing kind of looping right footed shot. Uh, that I that I love so you know big kudos to him for stepping up into this team getting a lot of minutes and really showing his his worth and you know we talk about the front office we talk about the scouting uh, department and and people you know have taken shots at, at both but uh, you got to give uh, got to give kudos to the front office and the scouting team for finding Vargas I think he's been great so just want to say that and then another gentleman who has caught a lot of flack on social media who has uh, kind of suddenly just caught fire a little bit and has a really good run of form and seems very confident and that's uh Yuzwiak. great header he really had to battle for that and he's not a he's not a tall dude he's not you know someone that i you know has a lot of hops but you know again kudos to one for swiderski getting to that ball and 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 looping that back over a big Big kudos to Yozuiak for for rising up and and winning that header. Um, sadly, that lead did not last, and this is where you and I disagree, Gusler. So let's talk about what happens next. And let's talk <laughs> about be, the subs. So before we move on, I want to I want to shout two things out because like I know you're talking about Vargas and Yozuiak, right? So two yeah. wingers. I, I want to just highlight that because. Last year, for the almost it felt like the entire year, we had like zero output from our wingers for the most part, right? And then all of a sudden, the past few weeks, we've actually got some assist coming, got some goals coming from the from the wingers. It's actually a nice feeling, right? And I think that's a super positive thing to kind of see. You know, Vargas within past what I think eight games, he's had two goals and assists. And I think technically one of like an own goal, maybe I don't even know. Like there was. Could have been another assist there from that perspective, but within eight games, essentially two goals, two assists potentially within within that space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Camille Yozwiak is again who didn't score for what felt like two years, <laughs> has now yeah. scored consistently mm-hmm. over the past few weeks, right? You were about to say something, Matt? Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was, yeah. I so was agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know, it, it's great to kind of see some of our younger players, which again, Vargas, I think, is like what twenty one years old or something like that. Um, Yozviak is 24 years old. So again, if these players actually continue on the trajectory that they're heading and can get more consistency for it, I think we've actually create, I got starting, starting wingers for once, which is uh, something what three months ago we would, we didn't even think we had. Right. So mm-hmm. kudos to Vargas, kudos to Yozviak from that. I just want to also highlight and our friend Von Pullman put this on Twitter as well, but when Yozviak scored that goal, I mean, he went wild, right? Celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who did he go celebrate with first? Did, oh, yeah. did you happen yeah. to notice that, Swift? Yeah, he went. He went right to Latanzio. Yeah. So for me, like, and and again, I'm crediting Vaughn with this with this observation because I, I noticed it, but I didn't put it to words or anything like that. But Vaughn mentioned on Twitter, like, you know, he could have gone and cheered with anyone, could have been with his players, could anything like that. He went straight to the sideline and went straight to you know Coach Latanzio, right? And so mm-hmm. for me. 
And, you know, it kind of makes me feel a bit better that the players are still celebrating with their coach, potentially even Yozwiak, because it like mm-hmm. if they if they were pissed off, if they were done with Latanzio at this point, they want to go over there and do that for him. They want to go over there and celebrate sure. with him at that point. You know what I mean? Um, so it, yeah. it was that was a great feeling to see. So, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully more of that in the future, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see. But now now we can transition into some of the, <laughs> the, the, the stuff we don't don't agree on there. So if. Yeah, let's get into that real quick, and then we can get into more fun stuff. But there we go. So we we have the lead, it's two to one, and then we switch to a five back formation. David, you seem to be okay with it. I so, hate it, and I hate <clears throat> you because you do like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let me let me just be clear here. I am not a proponent of the five back set. I'm not sitting here saying that we should run this and that it was the solution to all of our problems. What I am saying is we switched to a five back set because of a few different things that happened around the 75th minute, right? Joseph Moore got hurt, had -hmm. to come off the game, right? Mm -hmm. We switched Harrison Offal over from a right back to a left back where he had been starting consistently for the past two or three matches. And then we brought on uh, Nathan Byrne. We brought on um, Jalen Lindsay as well, right? And you can say subbing out like for like, et cetera, whatever it is. But it, that's a lot for me and my perspective. It is like Monday morning quarterbacking a little bit. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. The, you know, it's the reason why we we got scored on, et cetera, right? But if you look on paper, again, going back to what we were looking at here was that Colorado had scored three goals all season in almost eight games. They don't create a lot of chances. They did not create a lot of shots up to that point in the game. Uh On paper and statistically, you could probably say, you know what? They're not really a threat. If we park the bus and we try to bring more defenders on, again, on paper, it probably made sense. Not saying it's the right decision, but I'm not saying that that's the reason we lost as well. Um, there has been discussion slack and I know some people were like, well, you know, we've, we've switched to a five back set and it's also, you know, bit us in the ass a few times. It's also helped us out a few times too, right? If you look at Latanja's first game with Red Bulls coming here in Charlotte, we subbed on a player like Jan had five back set brought on Derek Jones. You, you saw some more defensive mindset to help kind of bring that player or bring the, the, the win to fruition. Right. Um, so I wasn't too upset about it i'm not going to sit here and say it was the best decision in the world but i'm also not going to sit here and say it was the reason we lost either though but before before matt jumps in to to, to fight it i just have a, 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 a like a clarification no, literally just i'm not going to fight yet just a clarification yep, yep. question <laughs> didn't burn come on for sudersky before mora got hurt like we went to the five back before mora was ever hurt no, no. So they both came out at the 75th minute. So Nathan Bird subbed for Carol Swerders get 75th minute. And then Jalen Lindsay came on for Joseph Moore at the 75th minute. And then at the 82nd minute is when McKenzie Games came on for Camille Yozwiak. In my brain, and I could be wrong, I'll go back and look at it because I told you I haven't gone back to look at this because I don't want to get yeah. mad again. I really <laughs> thought the burn switch was already happening before Moore ever got hurt, but I could be wrong on that. So, so I'll, I'll, it, I'll stop there. It, it very well could have been in process, but then when Moore got hurt, they just decided to make both subs at the same time, to be honest with you. Um, but I guess like the other part that I made in Slack, Swift, and you can pick me apart. We can go back and forth, first take this if you want. But for me, the past few weeks, people were criticizing Latanzu for either subbing too early, losing momentum, 
pulling off players after they score, et cetera, right? And, you know, at that point, we had scored on the 65th minute. It was 10 minutes later. We only had to potentially last for 15 more minutes. Joseph Moore got hurt. You know, you don't know how much more stoppage time, which just for the record, the fact that we got seven minutes of stoppage time in this game in the first half and seven minutes of stoppage time in the second half, when I can't remember what was the last game, Red Bulls, but we should have had like eight minutes of stoppage and we got like three. It yeah. just I, I don't understand this. But for me, I I don't know. I, I don't think it was the reason we lost per se. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you repeat something, David. Because you said yourself <laughs> No, no, I'm not going to. That Colorado hasn't created a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. But what happens when we go back to a five back and you park the bus? What does that do for teams? It invites them to come forward. It invites them to play the ball forward. Before that goal, before we're not, we haven't even talked about marks yet. We're going to take, we're going to, for this argument, we're going to take that goal away. Before that happens, marks has to make a really good save and one goes off the post. So even if, if if that shot would have been an inch more, that that goal goes in. Why? Because we set back, we invited pressure, and with a five-back system, you could tell that the players were not sure who was covering what. With the marks bobble, Awful was getting his ass kicked on the left before that happened. Multiple times the ball was getting played out there and it was dangerous. And on that bobble, same thing happened. Now, if Marks doesn't fumble that ball, maybe we win. Right? Yes, we, we win. <laughs> but but you don't know what, what would have happened later. I mean, and and again, if if that one shot was an inch better, the ball goes in. It doesn't go off the post. So you could say, hey, yeah, we probably should have won. But my argument was I'm still not happy that we are at home. We have momentum. For the third week in the row, you take off the players that have created and scored. You play it safe. And I, I say, I want to say cowardly. You go back to a five-back system. And again, we have five in the back. How in the hell are we still pinching in and getting beat out wide? Awful, if it were me, I would have kept the formation, but I would have subbed out awful because he's gassed and he shouldn't be playing 90 minutes every single game anyway. Yeah, it's a whole I also would yeah. have taken out Enzo Capetti. Now I'm going to try to be nice because this is the nice episode. Um, I, hmm, okay. I would have just taken out Enzo Capetti. I'll just, that's as nice as I could say. I would have moved Swiderski up front because Swiderski can actually, one, control the ball, two, can hold the ball up and can actually create something. That's what I would have done. I don't know why Capetti stayed in there. Made no sense. I would have probably left, left Vargas or Yozwiak out there, maybe subbed them, you know, kind of at the end, something like that to freshen up the squad. But the squad that was out there was actually doing a really good job. And like you said, like Colorado sucks. Colorado didn't have any opportunities the whole entire game except for the the goal that they scored, which was kind of uh, kind of a fluke run of you know against the run of play. So, but moving back to that system invites all of this, all of this 
extra pressure. And, you know, we, we've heard Latanzio is a man of numbers. Like he loves crossing the ball into the box because the numbers say the more you do it, the more chances you're going to get. Well, I'm sorry, going back to a five-back system invites that pressure. The more you put your players under pressure, the more likely they're going to make a mistake. We keep playing people in the wrong positions. We keep doing these crazy subs and formations, and you're putting players in bad positions to make mistakes. So that was my that was my whole point. So I know you said it invites more pressure, right? Mm-hmm. So Colorado had 13 shots the entire game. How many do you think of those came in the first half? Oh, I don't I don't know. I'm only so, worried about the the two yeah. that I'm only about I'm so, worried about three. I'm worried about well, one was a cross that Marks bobbled. I'm worried about the one that Marks had to make a really good save on, and I'm worried about the one that went off the post. And so, then the ball that get played get played to Marks. So they had six shots in the first half, and then they had another six, seven shots in the second half, right? Four of those was after the 75th minute. So if you if you look at it from that perspective, you're looking at almost what three a little bit more than 60% of the shots came in before those sub and that that formation change. So it wasn't like they had this all of a sudden huge mass exodus of shots and shot creations because they had four shots. If you look at our shot creation after those same subs, we had one, two, three, four, five shots in the same time frame. So I mean, for me, it's it, to me, it wasn't like it was this jailhouse break where all of a sudden they're just shot after shot after shot after shot and we just broke for me it was one fluke play which was counted as one of those four shots and one hit the post yeah i got you i mean that that was a good shot i wish we had shots like that pretty frequently and he was able to dribble in why because we're in that low block i mean yeah and then marks has to make it's this almost the same exact play marks have to has to make that save because again we're in that low block and you're just inviting people forward also, too, you take out your goal scorers and your your chance creators. So when you go down a goal, you're just screwed. Yeah. So why why do it? You're at home. You're at home and you have momentum. So again, for the third week in a row, you're like, hey, you know what? The best thing to do is take off the people that have gotten you where you are. Take off your, your, your goal scorers and your chance creators. And then uh, we're going to park the bus. We're going to park the bus at home to see this out and not have any type of creative play. We're going to leave Enzo who played absolutely like trash. The man, the man could not trap the ball. I'm I, if I see one more flick from him or back heel, I'm going to scream or him laying <laughs> on the ground or him complaining. Like I I'm over it. And so you leave him on the field to do what he can't do anything for you. We should have we should have kept Daniel Rios. <laughs> oh well. So so uh, it's a it's a pretty pretty big uh, <laughs> mic drop there from Swift. So uh, so a couple a couple of things I, I do agree with you on. So um, Harrison awful like I man that guy has played pretty well for all things considered for being like think about it, he, I don't think he even really got any minutes the first game or two right and all of a sudden gets yeah. called in and, and does this is doing yeah. the player coach role for the team where he's learning you know operations scouting everything like that on top of playing now 90 minutes for four or five games in a <laughs> yeah, row that's crazy um it's crazy and if if i'm harrison awful i'm this is just me being pessimistic here <laughs> i'm pissed off that i signed this deal to be a player coach who which is probably getting paid less scout, than what scout not player, player coach, scout scout. sorry 
scout scout whatever yeah player scout <laughs> that i'm probably getting paid less than what i would have gotten paid if i was being signed as just a full-time like player in mls and i'm being called upon to play 90 minutes straight every single week <laughs> on top of doing my player scout uh you know requirements so but yeah i'm not gonna get pissed at harris Oliver because he's i mean he's he's very seems like he does appreciate the fans he does um play oh, yeah, pretty solid great. for the most part so um, and he's he's putting in work, man. The guy's only two years older than me, and he's sitting there playing ninety minutes, plays you know plus week in and week out. Yeah. So he he was at the legacy game, um, and was wa- walking. So not the, not the legacy game. I'm sorry. He was at the Open Cup game mm-hmm. with uh, Appalachian FC versus Independence, right? Yeah, that was yep. it. And um, he worked both sides of the stands, walked around got pictures with all the kids and everything like that. I thought that was really, really cool. And um, Harrison's a really good human being. Everybody loves him. I know yep. the the photographers really love him. So, yeah, I, you know, again, big kudos to him. I don't, I don't put a lot of blame on – I put some blame on the players, but not all of it. I, I think there's a bunch of circumstances and situations that they're put in that – lead to them making mistakes or seem to be making mistakes so but uh, you know harrison awful has been a good has been a really good signing let's say that yep. he's been a, yep. a really good ambassador of this team really good player really good person so uh really love having him on the squad but yeah it, it, it's it's tough for him playing all these minutes yeah and especially for someone that we signed last year and then didn't really get many minutes until we started playing the open cup last year right and then latonzo came in and he started getting minutes for the team then, right? So, yeah. um, you know, kudos to him. And obviously, the team appreciates him, the players and the fans do as well. But, yeah, I I'm, I don't want to say that I'm off the Enzo train, but it is, uh, it's not a great feeling when your DP has played 90 minutes every single game and has not shown chance creation. Like, he, he runs. Let me tell you, he runs. And mm-hmm. he plays sure 90 does. minutes. But I mean, it's yeah, that's 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 all you can runs say. His, right now. Runs his mouth. He runs his mouth is what he does. Yeah. Now, I, I'm no, we're going to we're going to keep this light. And I know Corey wants yeah. to, he wants to jump in for sure. But yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm hoping Enzo does does a lot better. He he just I, I thought he played really poor. But Corey, jump in on this. What you got? No, I was going to say is uh, if this was the kind of debate show where I got to award points, if we were doing this like around the horn style. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing this anymore. No, Matt, <laughs> Matt would have approximately a thousand and four. No, no. And no. David would have two just for the Capetti comment at the end and awful comment. You get points for those. Otherwise, I fully feel Matt's frustration and f- echo every single thing that he just said, because I completely agree. I was I mean, y'all know from the text group and I just said a few things in there and I was I was livid at the decisions <laughs> being made on that field in the last 20 minutes of the match. Just absolutely livid. So, Corey, those those points that you awarded to Swift, the the Corey Bucks, what's it what's it translate to, you know, Shroot Bucks? What's the conversion? <laughs> Is it is it is it pretty good or is it a can Stanley I, can I, Nickel? Can I can I can I somehow change that to Dogecoin and you know make or, or some NFT money? 
Is that what it's yeah, worth? Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. Just talk to just talk to Johnny. He can hook you up. There you He'll go. get you. There we go. Um, no, there, there's a lot of people, David, that that agree with with what with what you were saying. I know Vaughn. Yeah, I know. Was, I'm just was saying that, and yeah. so I don't want you to feel bad. There's a, there's a lot of people that would disagree with me. So for sure, I no, feel I, extremely I bad. I feel extremely bad now. I'm gonna go ahead and just end the show and just go home now. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I think what frustrates me, what made me most frustrated about it, because I kind of to your point earlier, David, like I was kind of, once we let the first goal in, I was like, let's just get a draw and get out of here at the point. Like we just need points right now. Let's like take what we can get. So I would have been, you know, fine with the draw at that point. I think what frustrated me is that home crowd has been waiting so long for something good to happen in that stadium. And we had two yeah. really good goals. Like it was exciting to see like two good goals in a span of a couple of minutes and mm-hmm. all that energy, like. And the way it happened with, you know, you have Vargas going off and he gets like a standing ovation because people are like really excited about the way he played yeah. and this really good, good like momentum, warm, fuzzy moment where we're going to celebrate a win in the stadium. And then you let that abomination of a goal in at the end. Yeah. It was just brutal. And so that's, I think, why I was so frustrated more so than maybe another draws because that felt like a really big momentum moment for us to start a new chunk of the season where we get on the right track again. And to make those decisions and to allow a goal like that was was incredibly frustrating from that standpoint. Well, and we haven't won at home since October first yeah. of twenty twenty. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but, like a long and that time. was that was the Daniel Rios <laughs> four goal game, right? And so we we haven't won in November, December, January, February, March, April, like almost six months. And it's like yeah. like fans are dying for it. And we haven't scored yeah. a lot lately. We need three points. We 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 need it. So I, I get I get the frustration from it because you had three points and you just kind of let it walk away. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Marks has to catch that. I, I feel absolutely horrible for him, and I, I don't think he's going to make that mistake again. All of our keepers have cost us points. You know, uh, that's Cisniega, that's Kalina. They've all made you know, bonehead decisions that have literally cost us points. And I just, I hate it. Goalkeepers have a, a, a tough life, man. They can make 80 saves, but if they have one gaff, it really cost. Um, so that, that sucks for him. Cause I know how hard he he's been working and, you know, he gets the start and, and everything like that. Just, it just absolutely sucks. And I, I can't get over our bad luck. Um, yeah. Yeah. Regardless of everything, it just—it's just so stupid that this is this is happening to us like every single match. Um, but anything else about about the game that stood out to you guys before we get to some fun or a couple of fun fan questions? I know we have some serious ones too. Yeah, I was just going to say for the record, I also hate prevent defense in football. So it's 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 a similar <laughs> yeah. it's a similar yep. relationship to sports that I have. So don't yeah. stop doing the thing that's working in order to try to hold on to a lead. So, yeah. so Corey, you and me are both football and Panther fans, sadly. So um, you, you and me both are well aware of the Ben don't break John <laughs> yeah. Fox era of football. So that was, uh, <laughs> so that was painstakingly. So I, I get what you're saying. It's just like, oh, well, let them have a third down here and there. It's totally fine. And all of a sudden they're back in it. So I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, again, we've talked about, you know, keeping it simple. And I, I think, and not just Latanzi. I think a lot of coaches, they overthink it. But you got to remember, like, what got you to this point? What players got you to this point? And, okay, maybe they're gassed and you have to make a sub. Maybe they're injured, you have to make a sub. But mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to remember why you are where you are. <laughs> you know, right. and uh, when when you disrupt that, it can disrupt the flow of the game, the energy, 
you know, and, and to your point, David, we have it one at home and you're playing at home. You finally get the lead and you take your foot off the gas. You know, we need some goal differential, too. It's not just we need points more than anything. I get it. But uh, it was just disheartening. And then, you know, we invite all that stuff. I, I just don't like the decisions that have been made. But anyway, and just. And just in case I'm not able to edit it out, I do want to say I went back and looked, and you were absolutely right, David. The injury happened well before the sub. I had I had misremembered that, so I wanted to clarify that that is that is what happened. My, All of a sudden, I my, get a million. I get a million Corey you, points, you, you and get, I take the like lead. A, you get a hundred, so like you're a little <laughs> better. You're not winning. The, you're not winning the debate. But I did want to clarify that. Yeah, you were totally right. In my head, yes. the sub happened first, but it absolutely did not. I think my anger just clouded my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cash those out for some shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys want to do some fan questions? Let's do it. All right, y'all. We are back with some listener questions, uh, and I'm going to step in to read some of these out to give both Matt and David the the chance to answer here. So we will jump right into it with Brent Lucas, who asked two questions this week. So I'll start with the first one. What's your take on switching to the 5-4-1 in parentheses that seem to play like a 5-2-3 in the 77th? I feel like it invited way too much pressure that we were not equipped to handle and left way too much space in the midfield. I feel like uh, we've heard the answer to this, but anything else you want to add about that, about that piece? Go ahead, David. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I don't have anything else to add to it, but I just, I just have to throw it out there. If you look in Slack about two months ago, there's people theorizing, maybe we go to a five-back set and we run a left wing back or a right wing back because that's what we need. That's what we need. And then we run it and it turns into shit. So, it's fine. <laughs> so, just, so, just saying no, but it's okay. <laughs> no, no we, we need more help in the middle. We don't need yes, more I wing agree play. With that. Yeah, we, we, I don't want to go to a five-back system. We need more, well, more I think, consistent play and creative play in the middle. I think the, the emergence of... Vargas and the emergence of Camille lately has helped that, right? Like four months ago, we did not have good wing play and we needed to get wing play there. And on paper, we thought we've got Camille, we've got Westwood, we've got Brant or Jones who have played like up to that point decent, right? So I, I think earlier in the season, it was probably more realistic and talked about. But now we've identified the opportunity is creating chances in our midfield, possessing the ball, taking up space. We just need to, we need to flood that at midfield, which I think you see Latanzio consistently still pinches his backs in to help support that. Mm. <laughs> just a, mm. That tells you everything so we need to know about it. That's all the answer you need right there. <laughs> all right. So the second question from Brent, and I'm actually going to combine this with Scott Rawls' question as well because it's, it's related. Um, so the question is, with Andre and Nuno not being on the game day roster, is the writing on the wall that Latanzio wants at least Andre to be on his way out? Um, uh, someone clay edge also asked about, is it training or nightlife or both? Uh, and then also Scott asked, why did we resign Andre if the coaches are going to use him? Cause Latanzio was the coach at the time of that decision. So mm. three questions kind of looped into one, but really about, you know, Andre's role with the team, Nuno, and why they're not seeing the field or not even seeing the game day roster at this point. I'll, I'll start it with Matt this time. Andre's a little bit of a head scratcher because he's been in the the lineup or he's been been in the squad. He's been getting some minutes 
not a lot. He's playing, you know, he was up against his old club. I don't think there's any weird claws in his contract that he can't play. I did think that was a little odd. I didn't hear that he had a knock. That could maybe be that. As far as nightlife and training goes, I don't want to say too much, but I have heard and maybe even seen evidence that he does like to go out and do things, which is fun. But he also might do those things the night of game day or the night before. Uh, that may or may not have anything to do with anything. It could be that Andre's really struggling because his friend passed away. Uh, that's going to stay with him. That's that's tough. Uh, we've talked about before. They didn't really have a lot of time to, uh, you know, process that. They had to jump right in. So I, you know, it could be a combination of things with 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 him. Um, so I don't I don't rightly know Santos as far as nightlife. I haven't heard anything about that at all or seen anything. I have heard that maybe Santos is not training well, maybe not listening. I I could maybe see him going down to Legacy to get some minutes, which to me would be I don't want to say a failure, but you always liked Santos. I think he's very creative. So for him to have to go down to play with legacy is a miss from a just different, you know, all types of levels. Um, you know, why did we bring him in if he's clearly not getting minutes and, you know, having to go down to legacy. So it's concerning. And, uh, you know, I was just talking about uh, creative play through the middle. I, I feel like Santos gives you something, at least something creative. Uh, and I'd much rather have him on the field than, you know, some other, other folks, but, uh, it looks like both of them could be going down the legacy. I, I don't know. So it'd be interesting to see how, how that plays out for both of them. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I can't comment on personal life, things that happen outside of it. I think it's, for me, they're human beings. They want to do stuff outside of work, just like we do things outside of work too. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. this is their job. and But they're also paid to do a certain skill set of job as well. So I'm not going to comment on that. I don't know anything about it. But it, it is interesting to see. Andre, you know, not get even, not even on the bench for the team that he used to play for. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that probably stung a little bit. Um, and you know, for someone who had such a hot, hot start with us earlier in the year, last year, and is now basically not even making the bench, uh, to me, it sends a pretty strong message to him potentially same thing for Nuno Santos. If they're not on the bench, um, it's definitely concerning because you have players like Chris Hagart, Ben Bender, um, you know, Cambridge getting the bench, which is great for our young guys, but mm -hmm. for our big signings, it's not, not great from that perspective. So, um, yeah. it's a little worrisome if they go to legacy. I mean, it is what it is. It, I would rather them get minutes and get into game shape and get some consistency than not even be on the bench and just be at practice mm -hmm. personally. So, yeah. And to address Scott's point, you know, why was he resigned? I think it would be because Andre is versatile in the fact that he can play up top. He can play on the wings. He could play in the middle. So maybe they thought with, with all of that. And I think at that time they, they may not have known if they could get Enzo or kind of what that was going to play out, you know, play out. Uh, so that could be the reason why they re-signed him, but it's, uh, 
he's not getting a lot of minutes. So hopefully um, Andre can turn this around and he can contribute a little more. But um, and again, it could it could just be maybe he, he has like a knock or something like that that happened to Gaines a couple of games a couple of games ago. He just wasn't in the in the squad and come to find out he he had a knock. Um, so we'll we'll see how it uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. Yep. All right. So Russell Varner asks, how much would the return of Carujo help solve the defensive issues? He has a couple other questions, but I'm going to start with that one um, to answer that question first. If you want to go, David. Um, I, I think on paper, he's going to make a huge impact. I think, I mean, his leadership, his vocal familiarity with the team and, you know, familiarity with Latanzio can't be measured. I just worry about, you know, non-contact leg injuries on turf in Bank of America to typically larger guys. It, you know, it's it's not it's not a fun thing to come back from. And, you know, it's not like you just come back with this amazing spring in your step the first game you're gonna go back out there. So I think it's I just hope fans temper their expectations a little bit, allow him to be able to get back into game shape and be able to get on the field at a normal pace. And I just hope that Latanzio, the team, doesn't feel rushed to get him back on there. Um, like a, you know, Chikari, or, you know, like for, for other players, it's, I don't know. It's, you don't want to rush those injuries back, especially since we play on turf as well. Yeah. Yep. I would imagine you'll see him do a little bit of rehab with Legacy, or I'd like for him to, to do that, just like they did with Kalina. Uh, He'd be playing on grass, so that's good. Um, and yeah, get some get some minutes, get some reps, you know. And then yeah, I, I agree with you, David. Once he comes back, like I don't think he'll jump right back into the starting eleven. He's going to need some time. Uh, and again, we talk about changing things up. I mean, when he comes in, it's a, it's a change, and Melanda has now a, a, a different partner again. So. Uh, yeah, I hope fans can maybe take it easy. There might be some miscues. But I think having Crujo's presence back there, one, the fans will be super pumped about it. Two, I, I like how he is in the air uh, and the way he can like command the back line. I think we're missing some of that. I think we need like a good general back there. Um, and I also think that's maybe kind of where, where we are missing Kalina a little bit. Um. Not that Marks can't do that, but I, I think we need some type of uh, big presence back there to to kind of guide the troops, and I think Carujo can can do that. So looking forward to his return. So transitions nicely into one of his other questions, which was who would you start in net next week, Marks or Kalina? Matt, since you were following that train, I'll, I'll start with you. I think you have to go with Marks. Just one I, I don't think Marks is going to make another mistake like that again. I, I'm i not 100% sure Kalina is all the way back. It'd be interesting to see if Kalina plays again for Legacy this coming hmm. this coming weekend, too. Uh, it looks like he's almost, almost there. Uh, Kalina didn't have a lot of work to do in the Legacy game. Um, you know, he was able to get some, some ball work in and, and everything like that and get used to the, the run of play. Um, now when Kalina is fully back, 
that's that's a different that's a different debate. Yeah, I, I agree. With that. I was going to say the same thing, Swift, about his time at Legacy um, against Inter Miami too. He got like no action <laughs> during that game, so much so where there was a shot um, off target that he dove for just I think because he was bored and wanted to show that he could dive. So, um, so I you know I think if he had a little bit more action, it I would feel more comfortable to know where he truly is at. Um, from what I heard from folks at the game, uh, Kalina was in true Kalina fashion of barking and ordering and yelling at the players at legacy, which is great to see. Um, but I don't know, man, like I, I, I told you earlier, like I'm, I'm kind of like in the, the hockey mindset and even baseball pitcher mindset. If like, if you get the hot hand and you, and they play well, you, you stick with it for a while. Right. But I don't think the marks goal this past week is any indication of what the norm is for marks. I mm. think he's done pretty well for us. So, um, <laughs> for me, Kalina has got to be a hundred percent before I would stick him back there anytime soon. Yeah. Agreed. So we'll jump to the last, um, serious question about the game before we get to the fun <laughs> questions. Yeah. Uh, and this is really going to test Matt's resolve about being nice to Capetti. Um, but Greg Winwick asks if the strategy was truly park the bus, then why leave in Capetti instead of any of the rest of the team who can maintain possession? <laughs> period no he can he continues it and said significantly better than he can but i'm just going to end the sentence that who can maintain possession period so uh who wants to take this one i'll, I'll let y'all decide who wants to go with this i'll, one. I'll do go this first all right go yeah, for it th- that way we can end on matt's bitterness here at the end first. so no <laughs> um so I, I it's a great question i don't know i i don't understand why enzo hasn't been subbed yet this this season and our other dps constantly get subbed out so I, I don't know. And you've got players like Mello, uh, Carol, Andre, who can play up top and has shown that they can play up top at times. So I, I don't know why, honestly. I, the only other thing I could think through is just that. I, I mean, actually, I, I, I don't even know because I was going to say, like, maybe we had some midfield depth issues, but like you, you push Carol up top and you put someone else at midfield. I don't know. You know, who knows? So I, I, I don't know why. I, I'll be nice. I think why he was left, uh, because he he runs right. He's gonna he's gonna work. He's he's got a great engine. He can he can run for ninety minutes. Uh, I'll I'll give him that. Um, and maybe, you know, when they do have possession or Colorado's coming forward and they're in their own half, you know, Enzo can close them down. And I think that's, that was the thought that at least I'm hoping that was at least the logical thought there. I mean, of course, you know, I talked about it. I, I wouldn't have done that, but I think maybe that's what uh, Latanzio was going for. Yep. Yep. He sure, he can sure run, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's a good old backhanded compliment, I feel like. All I right. know, sorry. He's <laughs> <laughs> got real spunk. Um, all right. Um, wow. He's a gym rat. <laughs> He's a gym rat. There it is. <laughs> oh. All right. So on to the more fun questions. Uh, we'll start with Terry Gunnelbeck. Uh, if you could describe CLTFC as a beer style, what would it be, Matt? Oh man, I feel like it's like a pitch side pilsner right at a tailgate, and it's hot, 
and you're like, hell yeah, give me, give me this. I love it. It's familiar. I can drink this all day. And you open it and you take a sip. You're like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. But that beer has been sitting out in the sun <laughs> all day for six months. And it was just turned sour. <laughs> and you're so disappointed. <laughs> and then you reach for another one. You're like, okay, this one will be better. And you take another sip and it's the same damn thing. The whole batch has been <laughs> So that's what I would say right now. But, you know. So you, you, I don't want to say you stole my, my train of thought here for a second, Swift, but <laughs> mine's going to be a little bit more pessimistic. And these are fun questions. So I was going to stay positive, but here we go. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> it is an IPA because it was the cool, trendy thing for a very long time that everyone wanted. And then they get it and they're like, wow, this tastes like shit. And then they realize <laughs> that it's really bitter and it's not as good as it once was. And that's why everyone's starting to switch back to Pilsners and Lagers again. Um, but I say that as I still love IPAs, but, um, <laughs> that was, that's my, that's my thought process. So <laughs> those are very well thought out answers. I was just going to say they're a sour right now. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which like sour there, yeah. Corey? <laughs> <laughs> all of them. They're all bad. All of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make people mad with my beer opinions now. This is not the podcast for that. All right. So uh, let's see. Next question is from Joe Amerson. If you guys did a traveling podcast outside of the country, where is your first destination? And what are you calling the podcast? Oh gosh. So I'll, I'll go first. That way you can think through this swift. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say, I'm going to just be very stereotypical here. I'm going to say England because it's a soccer podcast and we're talking about soccer and it just seems right that we'll go there. And as the name of it, just as an ode to uh, me saying things totally wrong, you know, I could say like, you know, curve it like Beckham or you know, make that thing with the name of that the name of the show from throwback the, from last uh, year. What was the old ham? Old ham. Old ham. United. <laughs> old ham United. Oh my god! I'm gonna. We're gonna no. do a show in old ham and talk about curving it like Beckham. <laughs> David, I, I of all people, I cannot believe you wouldn't go to Amsterdam. <laughs> Why me of all about? people? Because who's in it? Which which team is in it? Oh, oh, because of, a, the because old of Ajax. Ajax. You know, we can, yes. we can say like cleaning like Ajax. Ajax is the name of the name of the show we do over there. So, <laughs> so that would be the very first place I think we would go as the traveling podcast, and we would say Ajax, or you would say Ajax the whole time, and people would get so unbelievably pissed at you. Just go and into all the different, just go to all the pubs and be like, you guys, you guys have the Ajax game on? I mean, let's watch that, guys. You guys Ajax fans? Yeah, let's go Ajax. Oh my god. Yeah. So that would be it. That's where I would go first. I like, I like that one better. I like that one better. That's good. I don't know. Old, old ham is good. Old ham. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I support old ham. Yeah, that one's a good one too. <laughs> All right. Lisa Amerson uh, asks, what charities will MCC be working with this season and what kinds of volunteer activities might be available for these? And I'll throw it to Matt first. Oh, man. Really good question. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, so... Definitely uh, LLS, the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We did that last year. We're going to be starting a lot 
uh, earlier this year. We have a bigger goal. Uh, I am part of the executive board where not only do I have to help all the sport groups raise money, I then go out and, and try to find more people to take up the executive challenge where they have to go and, and, and try to raise 10,000 10, uh, themselves. Uh, I'm actually looking for people to do that. So if you work at a company or, or want to uh, join that challenge, please let me know. Um, but it was wildly successful last year and super impressed with everybody. So we're definitely going to be doing that. That's actually going to be kicking off pretty soon. I have a purple, David's favorite purple Charlotte <laughs> FC jersey that Donnie Embleton is donating and we're going to oh. raffle that off. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, whoever wins that, I'm going to take it to the team store myself and I will get whatever name and number that you want put on it. Mm. No charge to you. Um, I mean, you're going to be buying the Jersey and bidding on it, of course, but uh, I will, I will do that for you. And if you want to hang out and have coffee or a beer or something like that, I'm going to do that as well. Um, but don't let that discourage you from actually bidding on it. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, like, I mean, uh, you didn't have me at the jersey, but you had me on a date with Matt Swift. I get to bid on that. I'm, I'm so sold now, man. Not a date. <laughs> Not a date. But I, I will I will go get the name and number uh, on it for you. And if you're like, yeah, I don't want to meet up with you, that is perfectly fine, too. <laughs> Just drop, and, drop, the, drop the jersey off. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to see you. <laughs> But that's that's something that we're gonna uh, I'll put on Slack soon, uh, so we can bid on that. And there's gonna be so many other things that we're gonna be doing. There may or may not be a dunk tank at one of the tailgates this year, uh, so some of the officers will get in there and you can dunk them as you pay f per per throw. So lots of, lots of stuff going on like that, and we're, we're gonna have other opportunities uh, throughout the year, not just LLS. So the best way to keep up with that is uh, Slack, uh, our email. Uh, if you if you're not signed up for that, please do that. And, and social media, we'll just just try to stay tuned. We're gonna be we're gonna be doing a lot this year. That's awesome. That's the kind of positivity and and things we need right now to talk about. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Though it does feel like you know when you have like those workplace charity events and like one of the things is like have lunch with the CEO and no one wants to bid on it because you're like I don't want to spend time with that guy or that lady. But then, then everyone feels bad that they that they need to bid on it because they're like shit we can't have the CEO not have any bids. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll, I'll probably just keep it for just putting the name and number on the jersey. You do not have to meet up with me at all. So we'll just do it. Well, I'm just giving you a hard. You time. do not have to see me actually if you don't want to. Uh, all of a sudden, Matt Swift's wife. All of a sudden, Matt Swift's wife is bidding a, a lot on this jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So the next question is from Paul Hagen, which is, "What was the first concert you ever attended, David?" So I I saw this question come through Slack, and uh, earlier, and I'm I'm kind of. I don't know if I want to share this or not. Um, so, so, yes, you then, have to. I know. So, um, man. So I had to think back, and I almost texted my dad on this one earlier because I was like, I it was either between two people, and then I started thinking through it. And I was like, I, I know who it really is. So, the two concerts that it could have been was um, the first one was Dave Matthews Band at uh, Blockbuster Pavilion up there at yes, um, you know, Northeast Charlotte area back in the day. Um, but sadly, that was not the first one. The first one 
was at the old Hornets Coliseum, Charlotte Coliseum. And it was a uh, <clears throat> it was a boy band named uh, the Backstreet Boys out there at uh, <laughs> that arena. So, uh, you know, eight, nine-year-old David Gussler went and saw the Backstreet Boys after Christmas one year. And I think that was my first concert I ever went to. So, <sighs> Is that when you got frosted tips? It, it was uh, shortly after that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> My music taste shifted drastically after that. I, I've, I've I've realized, but yes, I, I you know that's all right. I'll, I'll sing some Backstreet Boys. Really I'll sing some Backstreet Boys at on karaoke. That's all right. You know we'll do it. It'll be fine. So, hmm. how about you, Swift? What was that. your first concert? Uh, mine was also at the. Well, you did say Blockbuster Pavilion, so mine yeah. was at the Blockbuster Pavilion. The year was nineteen ninety four. And the concert was Lollapalooza. That was my first, oh, first concert. That was your first great. concert. Yeah, I had. Wow. A, um, I didn't go to a lot of concerts like when I was in middle school and stuff like that. So I was in I was in high school, and that was my first one. They had really great lineup. Hmm. I thought you were about to tell me like it was like Weenie Roast or something like that from way back in the day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, wow, no, that's even that was even before Weenie Roast. Lollapalooza '94. So you should look up the uh, the lineup for that. I was about to say like, who do you remember most from that lineup? Hmm. I was going to look it up. Uh, Definitely, definitely Trap Called Quest and Beastie Boys. Wow, no and way, really? A little, and a little-known rap group called Foo Schnickens. They were on the side stage. If you don't know who Foo Schnickens is, Shaq used to rap with them. Wow, okay. Because Shaq was a rapper at one point. <laughs> I remember, yeah. He was also an actor. Is this around the time that Shaq Fu video game came out? Is this a similar Probably, time period we're talking about? Probably. Yeah. All right. Wasn't that like 94, 95, 60? That feels, that feels like right. Yeah. There's no, so you saw this concert. Like, dude, so I'm looking at this lineup yeah. now. Smashing Pumpkins, A Tribe Called Quest, Beastie Boys, mm -hmm. uh, yep. Green Day. Uh, I, don't think I, I don't think I saw, no, did I see Green Day? I mean, I didn't get to see every single band, of course. Yeah, sure, sure, right, them. yeah. Yeah. But like, that's the verb, like the, all these people are, I mean, that's, I, I saw Green Day and like, I, I told you like my music taste shifted. So I sort of go into like, you know, um, rock music, you know, concerts after that. But yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty good lineup there, buddy. That's good. Yeah, much, it, was, it, was, it was pretty amazing. Much better than my, my Backstreet Boys. So how about you, Corey? I was, what was your I was first big, concert? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Corey. <laughs> no, um, I was trying to, the first one I vividly remember. So there, there's, I'm not saying there wasn't one before this, but the first one I actually vividly remember going and seeing was uh, Aerosmith at Raleigh's version Ooh. of the Blockbuster Amphitheater, which was uh, Walnut Creek. Oh. I don't know what they call it now. Some sponsor, but Walnut Creek is basically a carbon copy. Uh, I saw hmm. Aerosmith. And the opening band, I remember distinctly because it was a very uh, weird experience, was Monster Magnet. I don't know if anybody knows who Monster what? Magnet is, but look hmm. them up. But they were yeah, opening yeah, for Aerosmith. I don't Aerosmith. think I know who that is. And it was, a, it was quite a disconnect from what I was expecting when I went to an Aerosmith show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, look, I'm first... looking at just their, their band <laughs> picture, and I could see that is a total disconnect from Aerosmith. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was not. Uh, I, I remember I, I went with my dad, and it was not also what he was expecting either. But uh, but Aerosmith was fun, so that was good. That was a good time. That's a good mm -hmm. first concert for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like. All it. right. Sorry, were you gonna say something, Dave? No, I was gonna say I like. I, we should just make a whole podcast of our music 
taste. Bring Paul on. It'd be great. <laughs> I mean, if the season if the season goes a certain direction, I feel like we yeah, might just yes. need that for our mental health to like just to yeah. just start talking about other things. Be great. What else did you do this weekend, David? Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm 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 on the grass. We could we could reenact the COVID and the COVID Corey and Johnny episode of you guys mowing oh, yeah. the grass in the backyard. There we go. We can go there if we need to. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. All right. So Chris Tyler asks, uh, what's your go-to day trip outside of Mecklenburg County? I think I started with David last time, so I'm going to start with Matt this time. Well, I love Boone. Uh, went to school and lived up there, so that's only you know, like an hour and 45 minutes from me. So that's a, that's a no-brainer. I usually go up there. I still have friends up there. Um, so that's probably my my go-to. Hmm. Oh, and let me I – do, I do have something else because I know – if Chico or some other people are listening, probably David, you'll probably laugh at me. I do have some property in Elkin, which is almost near Boone, where I uh, am putting some beehives out there so I can, of course, do my beekeeping <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so of course, <laughs> B movie three is coming out the theater soon with starring Matt Swift. So yeah. <laughs> people, people that are like, what is, what is, what are they? Laughing That's such an there, inside there's joke. kind so, of like an inside joke with, yeah. with this, but yeah. Just so you guys know, just to kind of summarize this, Matt B keeps. And so there was a whole thing with us in, <laughs> in St. Louis and, you know, that's great. I love it. That's fantastic. So yeah. <laughs> that's a nice area though. Elkin's nice. So yeah. Uh, yeah. How, about, how about you, David? Uh, well, can I, can I cheat and say, I just go home because I live in Lexington County now in South Carolina. So, but mm-hmm. no, if yeah, I, yeah, but, yeah, so, I <laughs> so if I, if living in Charlotte, I would say one of my favorite day trips is probably going to Asheville. I just, I, hmm. that was my go-to for a long time, um, out of high school, college, breweries, art, music scene, all that stuff. That, that was my jam. Mountains are always my favorite. So preferred that over the beach, but beach is always nice too, but that Asheville is my go-to. Hmm. What about you, Corey? I was, I was going to say Asheville. I mean, though that's long, we were talking about the mountains. That's long for a day trip, but I would say Asheville is, yeah. is, is up there. Um, the other one I thought about too, just in case someone said Asheville was Greenville, South Carolina, um, similar distance. Um, and if you feel like Asheville has gotten a little too, uh, overrun with bachelor and bachelorette parties and, uh, it's getting a little too busy, which I feel like sometimes like I'm getting old is what's happening. Like, I don't know if Asheville's actually I think that's that much or I'm just getting old. So, <laughs> so I'm not trying to blame them, but, uh, Greenville's got a little more of a laid back vibe. It's a really nice town to go, yeah. go check out too. Yeah, it's a Greenville's spot. nice. I definitely will say we're just getting gold, Corey, because we were those 20 something year old <laughs> we kids were. going there <laughs> like 10 years ago before all the breweries popped up. You know what I mean? So I remember going yeah. to Green Man like yeah. when they had the old location and that was mm-hmm. that was yeah. it. You know what I mean? So I, I lived in Nashville and it was before all the breweries got there. And as soon as I moved away, they all came. <laughs> That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's good awful. timing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Two questions from Matt Chantry here. Um, first one is, <laughs> is Menti in protective custody? I haven't seen him much around recently. <laughs> so so uh, I, I can, I can confirm a source here cause I saw someone put it in Slack that this is going to make everyone feel really sad for a second that I think in the, the last like five minutes of the game, you know how, like when we do win, Sir Menti runs onto the field with the flag and just like waves it and then just like, you know jogs back to the tunnel probably like sucking wind because they're running it in a costume <laughs> but um he was in the 
he or she, whoever was in the uh, tunnel, ready to go at the 90th minute mark, and then we got scored on, and they tied. So oh. I'm sure they just had to sadly walk back into the tunnel of like that's brutal. oh yeah. So so it was confirmed. Sermenti is not um, in protective custody. He was just sadly disappointed from walking away with the draw. <laughs> yeah, I will say they need to. They I hope they have, but they need to wash that. Costume. It's get, it was getting a little, a little crunchy, man. I'm I'm not gonna lie. So if you're if you're in charge of Minty and you're listening to the show, I don't know who that would be, but I hope Wait. you. Yeah, come on, man. Like you gotta you gotta watch that thing. It's so now little, now I need to know warm. where where do they take Sir Minty to get dry cleaned? Because yeah. like, like where is like, that? Do, you, <laughs> do they do they have this special like laundromat in the stadium that no one has access to that they can just dry clean there? Or can you just imagine like? Stuffing Sermenti in a Honda Accord and pulling up to the place off Tryon and be like, "Hey, so can I get this next day dry cleaned? Uh, here's here's the costume. <laughs> Please be careful." Or even better, imagine going into your dry cleaner and you like just to pick up your suit or whatever, and they hit the button to make the thing start flying around. And all of a sudden, it's like a big ass minty costume flying at you. <laughs> his his face is just flying down like. <laughs> It's, it's that, next to Hugo the Hornet. Yeah, right. Next to Sir Purr and all this stuff and Chubby the Jacker. Yeah. You know, it'd be great. Uh, okay. Um, the second second question from Matt is, um, uh, what is your favorite tradition? He said, put that in, in air quotes, mm-hmm. tradition uh, that Charlotte FC has right now. And he offers some suggestions such as the Poznan March, Anthem, Beer Showers, uh, etc. So, Matt, how about you? I think it's got to be the positive. And I say that, I, I know that's kind of a easy cliche thing to say, but I will say this last game in particular, it, it's starting to catch more and more around the stadium mm-hmm. and not just the support section and, and kind of on the sides. Everybody's starting to do it. And it's really, really cool to see. By the time that the whole stadium is in on it, it's going to be, oh, man, this shit's old, but like, you know, because it's taken a while. <laughs> but it, I, I will say this game was really fun to see. And old people, young people, uh, first time, you know, fans and stuff like that. It's been it's been really, really fun. Uh, and I, I've loved seeing the, you know, I guess the metamorphosis of it and, and everything. So really cool. The, I'd say that. They, they even do it at Crown Legacy Games, too. So like oh, yeah. they yeah, always yeah. show it on a broadcast and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. And my Laura Laura the other day we were watching Crown Legacy and she's like, Wow, you guys really do that for every game, every single time. I'm like, Yeah. She's like, Oh, okay. Well. At tailgates and whatever, <laughs> you know, at the gala, in, like whatever, in line you know, whatever. The, in yeah. line at the stall, you know, we, we do <laughs> Yeah. So No, I, I, I agree with you. I would say that. I was gonna say something like snarky and be like beer showers but no i'm just <laughs> i know it's a very sensitive topic so yeah right um, now, no, I, for, sure. for the record i am not for beer showers but either way yeah, but no. yeah I would, I would definitely say the peppa's posnan type thing is probably the the biggest thing and i know matt chantry helped kind of like spark that so thanks matt for helping kind of get that going yeah absolutely i was gonna echo matt swift here saying um as an also a fellow non-supporter section, I noticed that this game too. I've noticed it slowly for a while. There was like literally just me and my wife doing it, and they're like, just we're like we're turned around staring at people and bouncing. They're like, what? What is wrong with these people? Um, Are they sitting down looking at you during that entire yeah, time? Oh, yeah. So we're like we're eye level at each other. They're sitting down. I'm standing up in front, just bouncing, and they're like, what is this? 
Um, but is I Johnny is time. Johnny sitting there eating popcorn and laughing at you too? <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't have Johnny's money seats. I'm not down there. With I, him. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, but no, I did notice it. It really seemed to catch on. So I hope it's not old by the time it really fully catches on. But I did notice this game that it felt like more people were doing it, which was really cool. So agreed. All right, Jake Carpenter. If we had a sumo battle where everyone wore a Sir Minty costume, which Mint City member? Would come out on top. Oh. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. Uh, who answered the last one first? I think I was David. No, Matt answered the last one first. No, go with David first. Me. Um, Jake. So first of all, I just love this segment now even more than I did in the past. So we need more <laughs> questions like this, please. Um, so if, if you said it, if we had a sumo wrestling contest, it had to be an MCC member. Um, yeah, in a Sir Minty costume. I'm going to say Jake. Jake's got like this, like he's got size and everybody. And like, I could just imagine him just being like this, like dude that just comes out of nowhere and just like able to slam you down. I don't know. I would say either Jake uh, <laughs> or, you know, what would be really funny. I would love to see. I'd love to see Jay do it as well. Jay running out. Jay. Oh, yeah. Jay in a sort of empty costume going up against Jake. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be really good. But I, I, I'm going to vote for Jake to do it. I, I was going to say Jake, too, because Jake is so unbelievably tall. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, too. Back to Sir Manny. Uh, by the way, we got a ton of Sir Manny questions, so everybody's <laughs> very focused on him. But um, I don't know if anyone's noticed that whoever has been kind of wearing the Minty costume kind of lately is a little too tall for it, and their head kind of <laughs> sticks weirdly out. So I can only imagine, like, how tall do you think Jake is? He's got to be like six foot four or five, probably. Yeah. So I, I can, I can only imagine Jake in that costume and how his head <laughs> would like be, be sticking out of that. Thing. But you know, with his with his reach and everything, I think I think he would have a a, a strong advantage over folks. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. When I stand next to Jake, it's like I'm like his his kid, his little kid. <laughs> I, I need to find Sir Menti lately just to be able to observe this now because I haven't seen him you in a while. So. You haven't noticed yeah. it? You haven't noticed like whoever's Dude, in I'm, like I'm in the no. supporter section. He never comes over to the supporter section. So what's like just yeah, other events to... in general? Like whoever, whoever's in yeah. it, it's a little little too tall for it right now. I, I think we were talking about charity events earlier, and this just should be one of the charity events y'all have coming up. I think oh, just let people good. somehow wager money line. for charity. Yeah, I'm doing the tailgate lot like. I'd pay to see this. You just got to make sure you have some good insurance because no, I'm not going to get out there and, and then break my leg or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Guarantee uh, someone gets hurt. Yeah. All right. So we got a couple more that we're going to power through here. Uh, your favorite non-game day Charlotte FC moment or memory. Matt. I would say... Hmm maybe marching to the first game in DC on the way to the stadium with everybody for that first time or St. Louis getting tattoos with uh, a couple of people. That was a lot of fun. I would say either one of the, either one of those. Right. Um, yeah, I, um, God, there, there's a lot of them. So I was thinking through a few of these I, the DC March is definitely up there. Just, and even just the, the tailgate, whatever it was, because it was the first game, every, a huge following, et cetera. Right. Um, 
this is going to sound kind of small, but I, the Charleston battery post game during the, the very first year, like the Charleston challenge cup, whatever it's called after the game, a lot of us went to this random bar restaurant. Don't know where it was. Don't know what it's called. Don't don't know if I'll ever be there again or not. Um, but it was really cool because we were there and you just saw supporter supporter just coming in from different groups. It wasn't like we planned it. We just all happened to be there and chants just started bursting out inside this, this poor bar. And they were like, what the hell is kind of going on? But it was really cool because it was like the first time that you got to kind of hang out with all the different supporter groups for a match afterwards. Mm. It was cool to just have everyone be, you know, have some camaraderie there and have some fun and, you know, hang out with some MCC folks is always great. I, I think another, another <clears throat> big one for me would be the first time we went up to Boone to watch Appalachian oh, yeah. FC as a group, because, you know, we hadn't played yet. We hadn't had any opportunity to, you know, no preseason stuff. And we all rode up there in a bus together. And that was kind of our first like little trip. And that's also, people are probably wondering like, why are y'all so like close with Appalachian FC? And that's, that's, this, that's one of the reasons why. Um, well, and then it was like right after lockdown with COVID and it started right. like getting a little bit back to normal. It was like, holy crap, yeah. we've been locked in our homes for months. This is what, yeah. you know, social interactions like again. It was great. Yeah. So that one and then one more. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I've got one more. Uh, it was a moment with Jay and I think I talked about it on the show before, but it was a, a moment with Jay. Um, it was like, the, I think it was the very first tailgate for the Galaxy game. I had a nice little moment with him kind of looking at the tailgate cause it was absolutely packed. You know, all the mint city stuff was up and it was magical. And, you know, just, I just kind of looked at Jay and I was like, man, you, you helped create all this. Cause Jay, if you don't know, is, you know, one of the main founders and has done a lot of work. So just to kind of have that little moment with him was, was, was special. Corey, what about you? So, my one's very obvious and one's really random. Uh, and I, I took nine game day very seriously, which I'm not going to call you all out for being, and be pedantic know, on it, but you, 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 you all like <laughs> tailgates of a game and marches to a game are game day experiences, but it's fine. So we're not going to go there. <laughs> so because you Swift all, lost you, all his points. <laughs> <in the race. laughs> you, but you did hmm. both name non game day things. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a pass on it. Uh, but anyway, so mine were the very obvious one is just that like announcement party at, um, that's cool. Yeah. Where mm. was the where, uh, Brewers? Hooligan. Was it, uh, at, uh, 4001 Yancey. Yancey. Yeah. 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 So the hooligans and it moved over on the buses to, to Yancey. Um, Cause that was just the moment that I feel like I've, you know, between things we were doing with soccer and sweet tea and stuff like that, I feel like I've been following this idea of launching, you know, a Charlotte MLS team for a while and just didn't think it was going to ever happen. And to, to see it really happen and to see all those people come together and have that real first big party to celebrate it before we even had a name or logo we have generic black and white scarves it was just like mm-hmm. it was a cool moment um and then the other one which is this is my really random one was i distinctly remember the first time i saw like a decent bit of charlotte fc gear in the wild you know because again kind of a, and i was at birdsong brewing it was i think it was the same day they did like the pop-up shop at noda um, so I was that oh, bird yeah. song and, and, and this moment just sticks out to me. Cause again, it always felt like, I mean, I know soccer is incredibly popular. There's a ton of soccer fans around, but it always still felt like this very small club of people who really cared about this thing coming off the ground. Mm-hmm. So I remember that first time that I, I remember looking around and saying like, 
multiple hats, some shirts, some other things around. I'm like, oh, this thing is like, this is going to be a thing. Like I, I'd been worried this whole time that like they're going to open up the stadium and it's going to be like me and 30 people I know are going to be there. And like, so to see, to see, it's going like, to be an independence already, game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but you said it. Um, <laughs> so to see, like see the, the logo out in the wild with people who aren't, you know, the necessarily crazy soccer diehards that I, that I know it was just kind of like, Oh yeah, this is, this is really going to be a thing. And that was exciting. So yeah. those are my two. All right. A little bit of a, a shift here. Offsides podcast asks pineapple. Does it belong on pizza or am I a sicko? Hmm. Absolutely. They, it's one of the best toppings ever for pizza. Wow. Wow, that was an aggressive uh, stance on that one, David. Uh, not I mean, the think best about it. It's ever. No, you, you have pizza, which is like this savory kind of like flavor. And then you have like the grilled pineapple and like cooked pineapple. It's like savory and sweet. It's like unami and it's just amazing. And Sean McIntosh, if you're listening, I know it goes probably against everything that's Italian. I don't care. It's amazing. I I like pineapple and I love pizza, but I don't like pineapple on on pizza i mean i i definitely i'm not one of those people like you're an idiot if you do that like i totally i totally get it but i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it so no. you, Corey, i'm gonna i'm gonna slam right down the middle and be like the the overly political answer but this is the honest truth is like <laughs> i'm it's fine like i'll eat pizza with pineapple on it but i usually don't order it like it's not what i initially want in a given moment but like if the moment's on there i'm not like mad about it it's fine it tastes fine it's it's got to be the cubes or the chunks. It can't be a ring. Then the, then the texture and the the ratio is off. So you yeah, that's too much. That's too much pineapple to put it's rings of pineapple on a piece is way yeah. too much. Madmen. <laughs> Kevin asks. Kevin, no last name apparently, according to my list of questions here. What's the appropriate number of beers before and during a match day? Sorry, let me read this. This is a good question. I want to make sure I get it right. What's the appropriate number of beers before and during a match? And why do I usually have three more than that number? <laughs> man. Oh, man. I feel like this is me every single tailgate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh, a great man. question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you. Uh, I'm start with you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. No, what's the appropriate? I don't know. One thing I noticed this last tailgate, I purposely was like, okay, I'm not, I'm going to have two beers and, and that's literally it. Because what ends up happening is that I get there early to set up and I'm in the sun and I think I'm drinking some water, but it's definitely not enough. And then I drink <laughs> way too many beers because I'm just there for like six hours <laughs> for the tailgate and set up. And then... I go into the stadium and I definitely have to have one there. And I'm just like, Jesus, I'm exhausted by the end of the day and dehydrated. And I'm like, man, if I would have just maybe not have had three, three less beers. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love the question because that's exactly how I feel every single tailgate. I don't, I don't have a perfect answer there either, but I think Swift hit it on the nose there. Um, that was me last year, Swift. So you, you were, you're feeling my pain. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was actually pretty good this last game. I didn't drink 
at all in the game. You know, I was I had my little souvenir cup of Powerade, and I'm staying you know hydrated with electrolytes and feeling great afterwards. So other than being soaked with beer and sticky, but mm. it was great. Mm. You don't need to drink the beer when the beer comes to you, right? I guess I that's mean, how that works. Just when, when it scores, <laughs> just turn around and open your mouth, and you're going to get a whole cup right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's called money. I feel like that would be that should be the show. answer to the to the beer question earlier. Is like, what would that taste like if you just turned around and just had <laughs> just, just all just, different, just a combination warm of and like backwash beer like coming at you. <laughs> Some oh soda God. mixed into it because kids are throwing soda. Oh, it's really fantastic, yeah, man, that's yeah. awful. Uh, let's just say really quick. Don't you know? Uh, there's a video, of course, online with someone like throwing God, beer. Like, it, if you want to throw it in the air, I, I think that's dumb too. But whatever. But like, don't take your beer and like literally toss it at someone. Like, at least throw it in the air so you're getting wet too. I think it's bullshit. Like, I think the whole thing's dumb. But anyway, yeah, yeah, don't do it. Agreed. Agreed. Final question oh, man. from from David Kelly. Does Matt Swift use Gorilla Glue to keep his hair looking so perfect? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say all, yes. David, what, do, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to start with you, I, David. I do, what do you, yeah. What's your answer? I'm looking, and so I know this is an uh, you know an audio platform, and we're both sitting here with videos, and I'm sitting here. I went to the gym. My hair is just like all over the place. I'm balding. I'm gray. Whatever. I'm like half of Matt's age. <laughs> And Corey sitting here with a hat. And then in the center of our screen is picture perfect Matt Swift hair. And I'm like, dude, it's 10 o'clock at night. How is it looking that good still at this point? So I'm going to vote Seriously, yes. I'm he uses Gorilla Glue for his hair. Yeah, I'm over here wearing sweatpants and a hat. And he's over there looking like it's <laughs> the morning show. I don't know what's going on over here. This is making me look right, bad. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, tell us your secret. <laughs> What's what? the <laughs> yeah so it, i you know my i definitely get my hair from like my mother's side of the family it, funny enough my i have an older brother and he is completely bald so i got all the hair in the family uh, i do not use gorilla glue one it's just the way my hair is cut helps and i do use hans de Fuco claymation and that is what i'm what is that spelled it's like hair putty or whatever so it's hans (laughs) h-a-n-z day d-e fuko f-u-k-o claymation there's different different things that you can use but that's what that's what i've always used so if uh hans de fuko wants to sponsor the show and send me a sample so i can try to make my hair like matt swift Hmm. i would gladly do it it looks like it's, it's really nice just the way my hair. hair's cut. There's nothing really to it. Yeah, I, I've tried to get that haircut before, Matt, and it doesn't look good on me. So I don't, you know, I've, it doesn't help that I'm like receding cut. twenty miles back. Just shave head, it. But just shave. Wow. <laughs> That's what I said about the mustache. You're losing anyway because you shave your mustache. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's fine. Hey, we tied. I got my beard back. We we drew, so we didn't lose. Whatever. <laughs> It's all about the hair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna order this, Matt, and see how it uh if it helps me with my with my hair. Does it grow hair back? I don't so, think so. <laughs> so next oh, next episode, we're both gonna meet David. Me and you are buying it, and we're going yes. to try to style our hair as best as we can to mimic yeah. the 
the beautiful swooping locks of Matt Swift and see if we can pull it off. Yeah, he's, I'm just gonna get the hard part and you know, kind of just like wave it back like that. Be, be kind of close. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing special. It's just. It's fine. You know. Yeah. It's the way it's cut. Yeah. Well, I have to say that um, this this round of questions did make me feel much better than when we started. So I think it was, we did a good job bringing the positivity yeah. here and making it a little bit lighter. Uh, yeah. And yeah, expect I would I would say maybe expect more non soccer related questions if <laughs> a couple months from now we're in a similar position. I hope I hope we don't. <laughs> I hope we don't get there. But this this did feel good. Um, I, I, I do have two two more kind of fun things. Uh, one big shout out to Will Martin who works for Charlotte FC. He just ran and finished the Boston Marathon. So big, big wow. ups to him. I hope he's listening. So that's really cool, Will. I think he that ran awesome. in one day more than I've ran the entire year so far. So probably that's a long the <laughs> marathon. is long, twenty six miles, yeah. man. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's really really cool. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and the other fun thing is the Unified team is having their signing day tomorrow. So nice. um, it's from five to seven. Um, you already had to have tickets and everything like that, uh, but it's the, the signing day festivities will be followed by a training session on the, on the pitch. And I think they're having a little friendly match against the Charlotte FC front office staff. So that's going to be fun to watch as well too. Uh, so that's tomorrow. The unified team is kind of like special Olympics in a way it's, it's, it's a mix. Um, of people, you know, with different disabilities and, and people out there helping them and everything like that. It's, uh, they did this last year and it was really amazing to go to, uh, really cool to see them out there. Uh, the unified, uh, teams will, will travel this year for exhibition matches throughout the season. Uh, and it kind of provides them like a, like an authentic, like MLS match experience. There's going to be one at the uh, Atlanta match when we go down there. Uh, they're going to play like right after the Atlanta game. I know that's going to be a nice. late for everybody, but that, yeah, May 13th. Uh, and there's going to be more of those types of games, uh, you know, this season, next season. And so there'll be more of an opportunity to to see those guys and girls out there having a blast. It's so fun to watch and uh, lots of smiles on their faces. And it's just, it's just a really cool thing that the, that the team does. It's awesome. You think, uh, do you think Sir Mantu will be there? I, I think so. Yeah, I'll 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 take a picture and let you. I was gonna say I, I need I need a full breakdown I'll, of the I'll head see if that, uh, I'll see if the uniform looks nice, uh, see, nice and clean. clean. I'll try to see clean. where they. I, I tell you what, I'm gonna do some digging. I'm gonna do some digging. I'm gonna try to figure out how they get it cleaned. Great. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll do some more research and and see what's top. Going on. Top Ben and Tom Bogert's going to be really jealous of the breaking news we're going to break <laughs> after after. I, I am trying my best to see if I can volunteer to get in that thing one day. I just want to do it like one one day to be minty. <laughs> if that happens, I need to immediately know because I think none of us would notice, and all of a sudden, yeah. I want to see you just sprint on the field with the flag. I can't tell like, you. That's yeah. that's the rule. If you're if you're in that costume, you can't tell anybody. So you, you know will what? never know if I'm in it. You know why? I always I'll thought never... it's weird that Swift is never in the supporter section. Maybe he is Sermenti. <laughs> he's just always always been. Always <laughs> he's been always him. been. Always has. 
That's right. This is the way. It's me. <laughs> it's how I keep my hair in place as the costume like, yeah. mashes it down on my head. <laughs> to side hustle. That's how he's able to get the, the special claymation for his hair. So Now, it's how I get the jerseys. They oh, there we go. wear the costume and put in a certain amount of hours for me to get the, the jerseys. <laughs> there we go. We cracked the case. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of jerseys, isn't there, I think there's one coming out this week, right? Maybe. I, I think so. Well, the, the, prom, prom the team put a put a little teaser out, say party like it's 2022 and with a kind of like a mint teal and black kind of color. Um, and they put the Columbus logo on it. So I think uh, and I think Earth Day is the same time this week. So I think it'd be great to kind of have that kit release, possibly. I don't know for a fact, but it'd be great. I will. Uh, I will, of course, be getting it. I don't know if we're going to get that mint one or uh, the black one. There's, I mean, which is which is great because it's like our our color. So um, we'll see. I'll definitely be at the team store as soon as it's as soon as it's out. But uh, guys, that's all that I've that I've got this week. Hopefully, we have a very serious podcast next week with no fun questions because we win. So. <laughs> but this is great thanks everyone for the questions it was a lot of fun hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did and Corey, thanks for producing and steering us in the right direction the show of course thanks for letting me on and, and and not letting me complain too much i think it's good for me this was this was therapeutic for me i appreciate it there we go <laughs> nice yeah thanks everybody for the for the fun questions i like to do that a, a little more throughout the throughout the year so if you ever want to have something fun brought up or you want to know something about any of the, the guys on the show here or whatever you want to ask ask away we appreciate it but other than that y'all have a good night and we'll talk to you soon